Welcome to Be The Light with Coach Zakir Robinson. And in this interview, I will be talking with Pastor Eric Robinson, and we'll be discussing his journey to salvation. Tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. Welcome, everybody, to Be The Light. My name is Coach Zakir Robinson, and today I have brought my husband on um, this journey with us. And today we're going to be talking about his journey to salvation. I'm really excited for him to share his story because, as we know, all of us have a story when it comes to how we came to Christ. And it's it's not like, okay, we come into Christ and we're perfect. No, we come to Christ broken. We come to Christ confused. We come to Christ hurt. We come to Christ with things going on in, in us. And it's like, okay, where do I start? Um, you know, how do I get to a place of being healed? How do I get to a place of feeling whole again? And today, my husband's going to share with us his journey to salvation. So welcome. His name is Pastor Eric Robinson. Welcome, welcome. Awesome. Glad to be here. Good, good. I'm so excited. Um, and so tell us a little bit about yourself. Let us know where you came from. You know, how was it when you grew up? Just give us a little background story about you. So uh, really quick, um, I was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I moved to Tallahassee in 2015. Um, but growing up as a kid, um, uh, we, we were, it was me, my mom, and I have two, uh, two other siblings. I'm the middle child. Um, we were single mom, no dads around, uh, just growing up, living life, and uh, doing the best we could with what we had. Um, you know, I think that's kind of like the thing here in America now, you know, Dads are gone and mom is left to build a family and do the best she can with what she have. Right. So I was that I was one of those statistics, you know, um, just growing up, trying to figure out life um, and, uh, you know, just doing what I thought was the right thing to do. Um, so, yeah, so grew up uh, single parent home, um, went to a lot of plenty of different schools. Uh, we would move every year and, um, you know, I guess growing up, you know, just trying to figure out who I was and why was I here? Mm. That was like one of my biggest questions, you know, um, who am I? Why was I put here? What What is the purpose? What is the reason I'm here for? Right. And what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And, um, you know, my life just became a big experiment growing up. Um, I didn't have really we didn't have really uh, good examples in the, in our families. Mm. So um, so it was one of those things where. Everything I did was just what I seen other people do. Mm. Um, you know, there was an identity crisis that I had and um, and just kind of growing up was just a big mystery. Wow. Um, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, when we were growing up in school, we would have this book kind of saying uh, Fine Waldo. Mm -hmm. And I was the person that blended in with everything, trying to mimic what I seen because I thought that was the right thing to do. Okay. So you, you were a middle child, right? Mm -hmm. So you have an older sister and then a younger brother and you're the middle child. Explain to us like how that is. Is it, is it true what they say? Like the middle child kind of seems like they're just the middle child, like kind of left out. Like how was that for you with, with your siblings? Well, for me, um, in, in my situation, um, we didn't have our dads there. So mm -hmm. uh, my mom kind of knew certain qualities in each and every one of us. And unfortunately, I was the one that had more stable qualities than the other two. So it put me in a position where um, my other two siblings were, were, were being more 
um, I guess, taken care of than I was. Hmm. Um, How did that make you feel? Well, it just kind of made me feel like, well, um, I'm just here, you know, mm. <laughs> um, you know, just doing just trying to strengthen the thing that I knew that I was supposed to do. Uh, honestly, I would just for me, it was one of those things where if I just do get good get, get grades in school, I keep myself out of trouble, then I'm OK. Right. You know, um, I won't have to get, you know, in trouble or anything. And right. I just thought that's what it meant to be a kid. And um, but later on in life, I figured out that that wasn't the case. You know, those things will affect you growing up. Mm -hmm. um, there are certain areas in your life when it comes to affection and all these things that a child needs growing up that you will miss out on. And others who you come into close relationships with, they will have to pay for that or we have to figure out a way to get you help. So I was considered the strongest child out of the two and they would get more attention than I did. One thing that um, you mentioned was that, you know, your father's wasn't there. And, you know, that's the case with a lot of things now. And anyway, a lot of people, they grow up and they did not have their mom or their dad. You know, we don't want to just say dad's not there. We have some cases where dad's is actually taking care of the kids and mom, you know, unfortunately is not present. We have such things as, you know, parents die, accidents, and then you have some parents that just don't want to be there. And and that's where you get a lot of your foundation from is from your father. He brings discipline. And then mm -hmm. you have the case where in your case, you were raised by your mom. So your mom's doing the best that she can. She has three kids. She's trying to, you know, maneuver everyone's different personalities plus work. And, you know, that can be tiring on the mom. And so... You know, for those who are out there who are single parents, you know, it can be done. But at the same time, you have to get your strength from God. What do you like? How was it for you in the home? Like, did you see your mom pour her strength from God? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, um, there were times where mom, there was like a tug of war and there were seasons where my mom would just go out and, you know, hang out with others and try to, you know, receive that from others. And there's seasons where. You know, she would wake up in the morning being her word and we would be there with her and uh, we would go to church, you know, every Sunday, despite mm -hmm. what decision she made. But uh, there was definitely a tug of war there. And I knew that something just, you know, wasn't right mm -hmm. with the way things um, was was playing out in her life and rolling over in ours. Um, so what I felt like I had to do was grow up much faster than the other two. Mm. Um, there's things that I noticed that they didn't. And it was one of those situations where I felt like, OK, I need to help her. You know, um, right. so some things that I did was I, while she was at work, I would after school do my homework and after that just clean up a room. You right. know, just how can I help? You know, and um, and as I took that role on, um, I started to see like, oh, wow, you know, um, this is what happens I started to see because I heard that, too, with middle children. And I would ask other children that were the middle child. And a lot of them that was in the same situation had the same experiences. And I was like, oh, wow. So this is one of those things where, you know, it happens. Right. Right. And, you know, that that is unfortunate that, you know, we sometimes have to grow up without our um, other parent, because I'm also a person who grew up without my father in the home. He was present, but not there. Was that the case for you? Was your father there at all? Was he gone? Like, how was that situation with you and your father? So I think the biggest thing was when um, my father, he lives in another state and he would call. But he wouldn't he wouldn't commit to his promises. Mm. So the first three times or four times that happened, you know, I was like, all right, you know, finally, this is the time I get to meet him. 
but never happened. Wow. So, um, so from, you know, so there was things that built up inside of me, but I would just put it on the back burner as a child. Okay. You know, and, um, and you think that it affected you now, like as an adult, like putting things on the back burner? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, when I, when I came to Christ, I started to really see the snowball effect of those things. And, um, over time, the Lord kind of dealt with me, you know, and, and unpacked all of those things. So, um, so yeah, I think it was, um, it, you know, naturally as human beings, we do that, you yeah. know, when it comes to traumatic situations, we, we seem tend to suppress it versus mm-hmm. dealing with it and getting, um, you know, counseling on it and, and, you know, one layer at a time kind of peeling back that onion. Yeah. So like the one, one thing that you just said was that we suppress it. It's like filling up a trash can and we put all of this stuff in a trash can. We never deal with it. And then next thing you know, you get into relationships, you get into a marriage and then like everything begins to unravel in an unhealthy way. And now your future spouse or your spouse or whoever you're close to is, is reaping the benefit, not really a benefit, but reaping the negative um, results from not taking care of um, the trash basically. And one thing that scripture that just came to my mind is um, trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your um, ways acknowledge him and he would direct your path because when we begin to lean on God we begin to um, just say you know what I'm not going to look at this through my lens but look at it through God's lens he will begin to direct you in areas of your life where you need may need healing he may direct you to go to church he may direct you to read or pray or fast but unfortunately you know especially as kids some, you know, as young adults, young kids, they don't know that because they don't see that in the home, unfortunately. And so let's talk about the um, the turnaround point for you where, OK, you're probably a little bit older now and you realize, like, I have to get my life right, because if I don't get my life right, I'm not going to end up in a good place. Like, what was that like for you? What was it that made you say, OK, I have to get right? So I believe uh, when I, as I got more mature. Um, as a as an adolescence, um, my mom would give me more freedom to mm-hmm. do things because of my performance in school and, you know, just being a good kid or trying to be the best kid so that I won't be a burden, you know, added to what she had on her plate. So um, so the first two things that I noticed was working out and playing sports was like an outlet for me to nice. deal with those internal suppressions um that was my outlet and um i was on a team i was on a team and we lost every game but i would go out there and literally just pour my heart out yeah i mean this is this is around a time where you can literally run as fast as you can dive at someone and it won't be called a legal hit so (laughs) so that was me you know but but what i realized when i look back on it now i was on that field to uh, to unpack what I was feeling. Wow. Um, I was a safety, a, a quarterback, a corner, um, and I was I was very very fast. So I kind of played a lot of positions, but I would love to hit people. And the reason I think that was is because of the pain that I, that had been suppressed. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the field crying, not knowing why I'm crying, but you know, just trying to you know hit everything I see. You know, who has the ball? I'm going right. after you. <laughs> I feel bad for the and, kid that um, got hit. <laughs> Yeah. And it was one of those things where it was just like, man, you know, why am I, you know, because I would look in the stands. My dad isn't there. 
you know, um, there are times when my mom wasn't there neither because she had to work, you right. know, and um, so my aunt would drop me off for just different things like that. So growing up, you know, I just realized like, wow, you know, this is this is and and I've heard other stories with football players and other people who play sports. They have similar stories. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was one outlet. Working out was another outlet. As I got older, um, being, being in high school, I would go and work out at the apartment jail. And that would help me from doing things in the streets um, or doing bad things that would make my mom have more of a stuff that she have to deal with. Right now, uh, one of my siblings, they would be in the streets, but me, my remedy was, OK, I see what's happening with him. I'm not going to go that route. Right. I just worked out and that gave me like the same release as it was me playing sports. So um, fast forward from there, um, I got older. Mom let me borrow the car and uh, go different places. Um, it just really became a big experiment. You know, um, I was trying to find it in clubs. It wasn't there. I was trying to find love and um, that I didn't receive. Um, and women and it wasn't there. And there was one particular relationship. This was right before I got saved. Um, at 21 years old, I had been dating this girl for about three years. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, I told her, you know, I had my own job. I had my own car at that time. And, um, I think I was, we were coming to a close on this apartment that we had. It was coming time for us to sign another lease. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to try to move somewhere else. And um, I had just met this girl and she worked at the job that I was working at at the time. And um, she was like, um, hey, you know, well, why don't you just come stay with me and my mom? You know, um, I'm, I'm always there to take care of, you know, she's an ex-veteran. She took insulin. So it was good that her daughter was there to kind of help her with that. And I was like, nah, you know, <laughs> I don't you know, I don't believe in, you know, shacking up or doing things like that. Well. At that time, I wasn't saved, but we grew up in the church. So there is just certain things that we knew right. as a basis that we just don't do. It's like the Holy Spirit was kind of tugging on you like, nah, yeah. this isn't a good idea. Yeah. So that was one of those things, those lines where I just didn't cross. But she ended up manipulating me. Mm. Um, I ended up meeting her mom for the first time. And her mom was like, so, yeah, Eric, so uh, when are you coming to um, live with us? You know, we heard you, you, you know, you, you're not moving to an apartment anymore. Why don't you just come stay with us? So I'm like, <laughs> I just told this girl no. So um, so it was one of those things where I ended up giving in and stayed with her and things just did not get well for us. I, at first it was, it was cool. You know, sin always feels good, but right. there came a point where I was just like, this is like something I, I can't do this no more. Mm. Um, I can't do it no more. Um, it turns out she had, um, she was bipolar. Wow. Um, other, you know, um, bipolar, just, um, even, it would be one of those things where I would be stalked. Just different things just kind of happened. What just came to mind was that warning comes before destruction. It's like God was already warning you, like, this is not a good idea. You need to not move in with this person. Mm -hmm. But yet, you know, here come another person, you know, you know, it's like, okay, that person wasn't strong enough. Let me go, let me use this person now. They can probably just push it a little bit more to, to wheel this person in. And then you took the bait. And then now you're in this situation. It seems like you're in this situation. And now you're like, what did I just do? Um, so keep, you know, continue on. Tell us a little bit more about what, what ended up happening. Yeah. So fast forward, um, I ended up getting another job. And mm -hmm. this turns out to be a job that I actually wanted to do. Um, a guy from high school I went to high school with, we were, 
he asked, he came to my job at, you know, I was working at Brand Smart at the time in Atlanta. And he was like, hey, man, you know, um, you ever thought about personal training? I was like, nah, what is that? You know, and then he told me, you know, we we get paid to train people to get their bodies in shape. And I was like, yeah, why not? And then um, from that day forward, um, I was I started to work with him part time um, while still having the other jobs and so I can become full time. And uh, and at the same time, living with this girl and. Um, when I met him, he would, <clears throat> he, um, he would actually, I didn't even realize this until later, but he became my mentor, uh, a life coach for me. And he would invite me to church. Uh, there were plenty of times where I was telling him no. And, um, he's like, man, just, just come out. You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? I was like, man, all right, I'll come at the, at the work. So I ended up going to this church. Um, and it wasn't long to when, I became um, started going regularly, mm -hmm. and there was one time. There was one uh, one time where the pastor was ministering, and I knew he was talking to me. And he said that um, certain things that you guys are going through is because the Lord is trying to pull you, pull you to Him. The Lord wants that relationship with you, and he was just saying certain things that I knew in my heart that. I needed this. Right. Um, Isn't that something like how you go to church? The person don't know you, right? Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there, you have like all these different emotions, different things that's going on in your life. And you're like sitting there. And next thing you know, the, the pastor is preaching on something that you need. And it's like, okay, who knows me in here? Who just told this pastor right. my situation? Because now I'm like, they're, they're talking about me, but then you leave there feeling the conviction. And now you start to turn your life around. And so um, like, how was that for you after you were sitting there, you're listening to the message, like what kind of thoughts was going through your mind? Well, I think um, <laughs> the, the, the literature, I didn't have the literature, but what he was saying I knew in my conscience that that's what that was. Right. And and one thing he said was, you're sitting in your seat, your hands are sweating, you're shaking. And I'm <laughs> like, man, this dude knows, like, how is this possible? So I immediately, he's like, you know, that's if, if that's you, I need you to come to the aisle. I was like, dang, all right, well, I got to break the shame. I got to get up, go down here in front of everybody and do it, you know. And on a simultaneously, things were stirring up with me and her. So I knew that this was a time where, all right, this is this is my breaking point. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I was like, all right, I, I went down to the altar. It just happened to be my birthday, and I gave my life to God. You know what? That's um, so crazy. I did not know you were saved on your birthday because I was saved yeah. on my birthday at the same church. <laughs> I went to visit my husband because um, um, we wasn't married then, and I felt the same thing. He kept saying, you know. You know, you know, you sitting there, your hands are sweaty, you're feeling a certain way. I'm like, that is what I'm feeling right now. So I can definitely confirm that that happened to me as well. But this is some new information I did not know. <laughs> but go yeah, ahead. So um, so like the day before this is this is so crazy because the day before I had packed up all of my stuff and I knew that this is time for me to go. Wow. And um, I made sure I broke everything off and all of that. And then the very next day I knew it was going to be Sunday. And in my mind, in my subconscious mind, I was like, I'm giving my life to God. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of, you know, uh, trying these things and they're becoming dead end. There's something in me that I need that I can't find out here. Right. And that was the, the and I hit, I had hit 21 on my 20th birth, 21 birthday back in 2011. Um, that's when my whole life changed. Wow. And uh, from that day forward, I finally found what I was missing. 
And um, those voids that I was trying to fill, God filled that, and He's still doing it today. And and from that day forward, it's like I I internalized God as my dad. Mm. And ever since I did that, He I've just He's taken me um, to places where I would never imagine. Um, even to this day, it just surprises my mom, like what God is doing in my life. So the one thing I want to talk about is um, what you just said, which was. It did not basically it did not matter what you were doing. It could not fill that void. But once you came to Christ, once you dedicated your life to him, it's like all of those those things that you were trying to feel became full. So it does not matter if it's alcohol, drugs, men, women. It doesn't matter if it's, um, you know, overeating because you have some people who literally just overeat because that's how they're dealing with their stress. Nothing is going to cause nothing is going to take the place that God can do. All right. Mm -hmm. So all of these different things you're trying, it's like like you just said, you said, why not? You know, I will go ahead and go. So many of you that's listening right now and have been invited to church. So many of you right now, people have tried to send you a message, send you a warning. But yet you're refusing to go. You need to ask yourself, OK, I've tried everything else. I'm still feeling the same way. Why not give God a try? Why not say, okay, I will go. Why not say, okay, I will read the scriptures that these people are sending me because God, sometimes he sends you warning before something happens. Okay. We are in the last days, as you see, and you don't want it to be where, you know, the next day something happened to you and you have not given your life to Christ or you have not utilized the giftings that he have given you. And so now that you are saved, now that you have came over to Christ, what are some different things like God have been using through you? Like what is the giftings that God have you that you're using that came from God? So, um, when I when I uh, accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, um, I mean, this is this is the crazy part. What boss that you have teaching you entrepreneurship get gives you into a church, um, you get saved, and now from that point on, he becomes your your uni your college university for the next four years. Mm. Um, so I believe that God was just putting everything that I needed in one. And um, I learned how to run a business. I learned how to, um, you know, um, be responsible. There were certain characteristics that I had that the Lord had to peel out um, layer by layer. And that came through constructive criticism. Mm. Um, there were things that I had to do when it came to um, transportation. Um, you know, and there was just different levels that I had to go through to understand, you know, what it means to be a child of God and you know, how to carry God's name and what is it that I'm supposed to do in order to um, to be a benefit to the kingdom of God. Right. And um, so that was that was very intense for me. But I knew that it was it was necessary. Mm -hmm. And um, now this guy, me and him were like one year apart from age, but his wisdom was just beyond. Wow. And I think it's because he had been in the faith longer than I have. And God had already endowed him with that with that wisdom anointing, you know. And um, so I learned the I learned the whole I learned the whole lot. And I think it was a setup for where I'm at today. Amen. Um, the first four years I was under him, um, it was it was life teaching things um, with money, uh, finances, relationships. Um, um, customer service, everything in one. And I think the biggest lesson was 
Um, I'm trying to process this as I'm thinking. I think one of the biggest lessons was I need you to become who I've created you to become. Amen. Right. A lot of people letting their giftings go dormant. Yeah. And um, it's, it's one of it's, it kind of reminds me in the Garden of Eden when Adam lost the spirit of God. It's like he lost his identity. Wow. And that's what happened with me. Yeah. Um, that's why I can't find the words for it. It's, it's like the spirit. I didn't have it. So I didn't know who I was. But now that I have the spirit, it's like I'm going from glory to glory more into that identity. And it's like, oh, wow, this is this is what God was doing. And, like, and it's like my whole life has been a setup mm -hmm. for this. Um, OK. Let's shift gears really quick, okay? Because you now you're married, okay? You have uh, five kids, um, a blended family, and you also you're your work and hardworking person. And so you have um, have a custom customized T-shirts, okay? Let's talk mm. about your business because God have birth in you to create T-shirts one of them that you're wearing right now. And so let's t tell us a little bit about like how this came about. Like, what was it that you were like, you know what? I want to make customized shirts. Like I want to put God's logo on me, everything about God. I want to just start wearing that. And I want to actually start making these shirts for people, um, you know, small orders, big orders. Like, tell us a little bit about how that got started. So the company name is Kingdom Gear. And this was a this was something that morphed from personal training mm -hmm. and it all happened in 2020. Right. We all have a 2020 story when it, when COVID hit and we had mm -hmm. to uh, come up with new new game plan on how to sell things. Right. So I um, so I had been training. I continued that from 2011 all the way up until 2020. And then. From there, I realized that people stopped coming because of COVID. They, you know, the germs and all those things spread. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, Lord, um, I need a new thing to suffice for the money that I just lost. How could I still keep this money coming in to balance out? There has to be a new way. So I immediately started thinking about um, me advertising uh, the company um, shirts or apparel with the logo on it. And then I started to think a little bit more like, no, I want it to be more meaningful. Mm. So I was like, well, why don't, you know, what about you selling a shirt with a billboard of the kingdom? Right. And, and that's what happened, you know, um, cause I have a creative mind. I can just, I'm, I'm very artistic when it comes to drawing things. I can see it and then I and, and then, you know, just kind of put it together and make it happen. Um, so YouTube is like one of my best friends. I can look at something <laughs> and, and just do it. But uh, but yeah, so that's what happens. I was like, OK, I want to be a walking, talking billboard for Jesus Christ. Amen. So yes. how can I do that to help push out the word of God to the people? And. I thought about how when we go out to recruit for personal training and you get all these no's, right? You know, it's like, okay, well, what do you do? You know, you just continue to push through. So I'm like, okay, well, what happens when, you know, and you run into people that don't want to say, they don't want to talk to you at all. Like, no, no, thank you. It's like, dang, you didn't even see what I'm trying to, <laughs> right. you know, show you. They're so, running away. <laughs> so I'm just processing all these things and I'm like, you know what? It, if you're trying to witness and they don't want to receive you, the first thing people look at is what you have on. Yes, they do. That's true. So, you know, you're tempted to read it, you yeah. know. So 
I was like, man, that'll be a great bait to, you know, minister to people and bring them into the kingdom. Right. So we end up getting those first stimulus checks. And guess what? We, we invested <laughs> that into we a, it wisely. <laughs> a printing machine and a uh, T-shirt maker. And um, that's what we did. Okay. Um, that's what I did. I started out with the first image I seen in my mind and ran with it. Okay. So and tell us this. How can people reach you if they want to get a customized shirt? What is your um your email address or your website? Whatever you want to give. What information do they need need in order to reach you for a customized gospel t shirt? So we have a website that's called kingdomgear.net. Um everything is on there, even like the the other handles that you can reach us through. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and also TikTok. Our TikTok name, that's one of like the major platforms that people are on now is um, kingdom underscore gear. And you will find everything there, especially our latest things. We're always updating mm -hmm. that platform to, uh, to you know, just feature the new designs that we have. Right. Um, we've also had uh, people who... Um, just want us to make custom shirts for their company. And that's another way that we kind of uh, make money too. But the basis of it is to push out those billboards for Christ um, through apparel. And that's another way that we found creative to, uh, to advance the kingdom. All right. So um, one more, one more thing I want from you. <laughs> I want you to talk to someone out there a quick 30 seconds or whatever, just something that, you know, will be inspirational for a person who does not have their father, you know, whatever God is leading you to talk about right now, what would you tell them that someone is going through the same situation that you went through as a kid? Um, I guess this is something that I would tell myself is, um, that I know what you're going through is confusing and where you are isn't the end. Um, but where you're headed is where you're supposed to be. And the way to get there is through Christ. Mm -hmm. And um, once you connect with your manufacturer, the one who created you, then everything will become a more of a reality for you. You will find, you will realize who you are. You will realize what you are, why you're here, um, where you're headed, what is the purpose, what is your function uh, of being here. And I always like to see it this way. Um, when cars are being made, they're being made for a certain function. You have sports cars, um, you have trucks, they have a function, and you also have limousines. Um, but what I found out is that um, a lot of us are created different to do different things. So when you create, when you connect with the manufacturer, Jesus Christ, he's going to reveal your identity and your function to you and why you are created to do what you do. And when you do that, that's when your life will begin to move forward. Wow, that's deep. I really hope y'all caught that um, because it's very important to get back connected with God because he knows you from the the top to the bottom. He even knows the number of hair that we have on our head. Um, so I appreciate everyone for listening in today. This is Be The Light That Live. And what you can do if you want to get a customized t-shirt, you can go to kingdomgear.net. And if you're looking for a life coach, you can go to be the light live or live, whichever way you want to put it and be blessed.